Well, the revoking of the Emergencies Act today draws to a close a series of events unleashed nearly a month ago. So what impact has it all had on politics in this country and democracy? And what now? Helping answer some of those questions is Post Media Ottawa Bureau Chief and National Post columnist John Iveson. Thank you for your time tonight. Hi, Ben. Um, just, I guess, initial reaction first to the to the revoking of the Emergencies Act just well, less than 48 hours after it was officially uh, voted on. It seems like uh, what may have changed in 48 hours. Yeah, well, I mean, the phrase, a whole lot of fuss about nothing springs to mind. Um, I mean, I guess not hugely surprising that, you know, after the apparent emergency is over, you rescind the act. And it does look like the the, the most, the sharpest part of the crisis is over. Um so I think it's appropriate that it that it has been rescinded, but I would question why it was brought in in the first place, to be honest. Yeah, you'd think that on Monday this could have been done, considering uh, it was put to a vote. I mean, and a fairly public, historic, and I mean, let's be honest, relatively a divisive vote. Yeah. I mean, I was in uh, downtown on Friday watching the protests being cleared, and it was pretty clear it was inevitable they were going to be uh, the streets were going to be uh, we're going to say the word clear again but they were going to be cleared because the police tactic of this sort of incremental gain moving 10 yards then stopping for 10 minutes uh, not really receiving any particular fierce opposition it was obvious that this was going to sweep through the downtown and then that was going to be and they'd already commandeered all the, the towing capacity by Saturday, I, I didn't go into downtown on Saturday. I couldn't get in there from Quebec. All the bridges were closed. Um, but it, it was done on Saturday, um, allowing MPs to, to be in the House on Sunday and on Monday. And so quite why, when it was obvious to everybody it was over, they needed to go through with the vote and, and to invoke it, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, you've been in Ottawa. You've covered Ottawa for for a long time. What have you made of the past few weeks? I know you were you were actually on holiday and came back into it. Um, yeah, you know, for 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 a long time, Ottawa watcher. What has the last three weeks been like? And now that they've revoked the Emergencies Act, I mean, how would you sum it all up? Well, I think it may have changed everything. I don't think we know that yet. But um, you know, I met a, a Liberal MP today for lunch, and he suggested everything has changed. I don't think it's predictable how, how things have changed, but there are very few events in the 20 years that I've been on Parliament Hill that, that the, uh, the whole landscape been uh, changed inexorably. What I think we may see, and we at Post Media we had a poll last week by uh, Maru Public Opinion, and it said that two people who were polled uh, are looking to exact voters' revenge. Anyone who did ported the, uh, the truckers' convoy. And I think it uh, depends on how you interpret that, but I think it's clear that many Conservative MPs supported the convoy. I think it's pretty uh, uncontroversial to say that Justin Trudeau's tactics in the last election contributed to the anger that was being expressed on Parliament Hill. And in my opinion, he is pretty damaged by this personally. Uh, and the Conservative Party and, and the members who were out there are even more damaged. So it may well be a plague in all their houses. And it's not clear to me how that's going to play out uh, electorally. 
because I mean, this goes back to this tweet of yours uh, over the weekend that that was that was uh, so well seen, which was re- <laughs> which, which to put it mildly, um, in which you sort of talked about why is it that we're hearing the loud voices on the edges and we're not hearing from the middle. And I understand that it garnered a lot of response, but um, you were really touching on that very point, weren't you? Yeah, I think that um, uh, the polarization in this country is deeply worrying, and I don't see the polarization or polarizing language ending anytime soon, either Justin Trudeau or um, or from Pierre Poilievre, for example, if he becomes the conservative. And the the more moderate voices are are being drowned a little bit, little bit. Now, to be fair to Mr. Trudeau, he did make some pretty calming noises in the in Monday and talked about uh, we have to be more civil and yet you know for months and months and months he, he that was a not the tune that he was he was singing and even in the house when I was in the house last during question period we raised the, the point of conservative MPs standing with uh, people waving swastikas I mean that was not that was agitating uh, excitement, not uh, not calming it down. So it's. It, I think it does require a bit more common sense, compassion, civility from all from all members of of the, of the house, and also from all 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 people, uh, all Canadians. Because this, otherwise, we're heading towards where the state is right now, and it's not a place I think we want to be. And I know, I know you, you, that's not something you put forward lightly, right? I mean, that's not something you'd seen uh, a while back. And it feels like, I mean, honestly, it feels like you've also pointed the finger at people on both sides of this, of this debate. Is the political calculation what's driving this? Do do are you thinking, do you think that both parties, I mean, say the opposition and the liberals have been looking at this saying, well, you know, vaccine mandates are a good political issue for us to win on, uh, or truckers are a good issue for us to win on. And then they jump in without thinking about the long-term consequences. Yeah, I do. I honestly do think that. I mean, I think that, that on day one of the uh, election campaign, uh, that I was standing there at Rideau Hall when, when Trudeau talked about vaccine mandates. They had consciously made the decision that vaccine mandates were going to be a good wedge to wedge the Conservative Party with. And it, and it worked. But then the language that was used, unacceptable views, fringe, uh, racist, misogynists, you know, inevitably alienated people and upset people. And they felt that they were being excluded from not only from the conversation and, and the political debate, but from society. And whatever your position is on that particular issue, uh, I don't think it's healthy to to essentially exclude uh, and not talk to as large a segment of society. I mean, that, that poll I was talking about suggested that one third of Canadians uh, think it is, it is acceptable to resort to violence to defend your fundamental values. And and for, for many people, a fundamental value is not having a, a, a needle forcibly stuck in their arm. Now, I understand people who are not being rounded up and having needles stuck in their arm forcibly, but, but there were lots of uh, inducements and coercions to... Uh, to get people into that situation. You know, you couldn't go to Quebec, you can't go to Walmart unless you're double vaccinated. So I'm triple vaccinated I've, uh, and, and I'm fully supportive, but I do think it is very dangerous to, uh, to, to uh, uh, exclude so many people from mainstream society for, on political grounds. And I think on the other side, there are many conservative politicians, Poilievre included, 
who think, well, this would be a great way to help me win the leadership. You know, this, this will endear me to the hardcore of conservatives, the base of the Conservative Party, who I need, the support of whom I need to become leader. And, um, you know, Poiliev is a bit of a chameleon, and I could see him changing his tune if he became leader. But we've, we've seen the, the consequences of, of a Conservative Party leader saying one thing to the membership to win the leadership, and then something else to the electorate uh, in a general election. Or to exactly that, and that's why he very came on. I'm back with Post Media Ottawa Bureau Chief and National Post columnist Don Iveson. We've been talking about um, the sort of polarization that we're seeing in Canadian society right now uh, around the issue of, of mandates and so forth. But certainly in the aftermath of the protests and the blockades, we're also talking about the lifting of the Emergencies Act or the revocation of the Emergencies Act by uh, Prime Minister Trudeau earlier today. Um, one of the things that you did point out was that that you know the this sort of idea that we that because it's a, it's a reasoning I've seen a lot. Ninety percent of us are vaccinated, therefore we're not divided. And I, you had sort of an interesting response to that, and I was wondering if you could share it. Yeah, I think that that is a, a misreading of the situation. If you think it's ninety percent against ten, it's not. Um, you know, the poll I referred to suggests that, that a third of Canadians are feel their fundamental values are, are under threat. And I think there is a values war going on. And, and, and um, you know, masks and vaccine mandates are, are a proxy for that war. You know, in the same way, if people think about uh, the debate over climate change focused on pipelines, it wasn't necessarily about pipelines. It was about the broader issue of climate change. And I think in this case, the, the, the debate on masks and mandates uh, it doesn't let you get at the heart of what is going on. And, the, and the, I think there are large swathes of, of um, the population who, who have become not only um, excluded from Walmart, as I mentioned earlier, but, but excluded from uh, debating with other members of, of uh, society. So they end up uh, in a kind of... Uh, loop talking to people like them and, and there becomes a they're almost excluded from information and you know as I found out on Twitter if you if you have inflammatory language that's where you attract attention and, and the, the social media has been I think pouring fuel on the fire of this this values war to the point where people are talking past each other there's no real conversation between people who don't agree nobody's being persuaded on social media and we end up with ridiculous conspiracy theories about you know un planes landing in north bay to supply troops to i mean this is people believe some of this stuff and um i think it's very very it's depressing and i think it's very very dangerous for canadian democracy I was going to say, how do you find the middle ground? I mean, certainly the Post is one of those, the Post media or the National Post itself is one of those uh, outlets that can speak to, to ostensibly to both sides or to all sides. Um, where do you find the common ground and how do you find that common ground without, you know, when both sides of the story uh, or when balance needs to be investigating whether or not the UN landed in North Bay, which, as you mentioned, is absolutely, you know, ridiculous. How do you find the balance? And, and do you think it's there's still time to be able to, to get people to sit down and talk to each other? Well, I think that uh, incidents like uh, what's happened in Parliament Hill are a wake-up call, and I hope that that means that that uh, we all take a, a good look at ourselves and what we're saying. I mean, I think, you know, in my, in my own case, um, 
yeah, I'm going to avoid using uh, inflammatory language to make a point because I think it's it's counterproductive. My point was that I wasn't trying to generate hits. I was trying to generate understanding, and that was obviously not the right way to do it. So uh, I think some of the, 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 the statements that we've seen in the House in the last couple of days are, are somewhat encouraging. Um, Conservative MP Scott Atrus is saying we're not, we weren't sent here to, to appeal to the lowest common denominator. We were here to raise it. <clears throat> and I think that sort of sense, there was another Conservative MP who, was, who said, uh, you know, talk of Trudeau being a dictator is ridiculous. He was elected three times and that's democracy. You might not like it. I don't want to, he said, I don't want to vote for the, the Emergencies Act, but I accept the result because that's democracy. And I think, I think that they, the bottom line is it comes down to civic engagement. And I think that, you know, what happened in, in the US was that Trump was able to take advantage of civic ignorance. People didn't know how democracy or government worked. So when somebody comes along and says, I'm going to fix it, they go, right, he's going to fix it. Well, let's vote for him. He's a strong man. Let's vote for him. And I think Canada has not had that same tradition. And I think that we need to, you know, seriously look at, and all of our institutions, you know, the trust has been completely lost in some sections of our population, in, in the media, in the courts, in parliament. And we need to think about how we can get that back. And I think, you know, part of it starts with education at schools, but part of it starts with the behaviour of all of us in the media and of the politicians themselves. And I, and I do think that, that um, I hope that message gets through to, to the Conservative Party when they're thinking about their next leader. And even to the to the Liberal Party when they're thinking about um, about uh, I mean Trudeau, uh, I think is severely damaged, and I think it's probably fifty fifty whether he stays or goes. And if the, if he goes, then I hope that the, when they're thinking about their next leader, that it's not somebody who's who engages in this same um, sense that we have a vision, and if you don't agree with it, you are the enemy. It's, I mean, you were right about the civics. We, we were watching people, you know, the governor general yesterday saying, please stop calling us. We can't, you know, we can't do what you think we can do. So, right. Right. Um, John Iveson, I, I you know that's all the time I have, but thank you so much for your insight and I uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Hey, thanks a lot, Ben.